0: Did I tell you about the God of the Razor? I really meant to. He rules the sharp things. He's the God of those that live by the blade. He's my friend Donnie's God. Do you know he was Jack the Ripper's God? Uh, no. Here, look here. Oh my God. I got this Razor from Donnie. He got it in an old shop somewhere. Gladewater, I think. God of the Razor came with it. God of the Razor used to live inside Donnie's head. You see, Jackie?
1: It's bigger than most stray razors, even. Comes from a barber kid, and the kid originally came from England. Says so in case. Look at the handle on this baby ivory. A lot of little designs and symbols called in anyway. with. I looked the symbols up. Geometric patterns used for calling up a demon. You know what else?
0: What, Donnie?
1: Jack the Ripper wasn't well, no surgeon, he was a barber. I know because when I got the razor, I started having these visions where Jack the Ripper, the god of the razor, came to talk to me. They explained what the razor was for. They can talk to me because I tried to shave with the razor and cut myself. The blood on the blade and these symbols on the handle, they opened the gate. Opened it so far that the God of the razor could come and live inside my head. God of the razor,
2: he lives inside my head. And uh, welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told to the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. I uh, hear your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. And uh, I'm your host, Fred. Um, and you may have recognized the work you just heard. That was an excerpt from The God of the Razor, um, an audio drama adaptation by the Gristmill, um, a memoir Theater, also um, produced by my friend Scott Hickey, Lowell Mass. Um, great stuff. His uh, The work of Gristmill always features leading horror authors, such as the gentleman we're going to hear from today, the guy who wrote the story that um, from which God of the Razor originates, that is Joe R. Lansdale. Uh, Joe Lansdale is the creator of the tale, um, God of the Razor, obviously, as well as over 30 books, uh, 200 short stories, as well as works in other media, including teleplays, graphic novels, um, plays even. The, the list goes on. Um, worked in all kinds of different forms, um, including horror, mystery um thriller um everything in between um he's also quite the martial arts master as an aside and a great guy to talk about um, just to talk about the power of mood eeriness and the oral environment uh, and imagination in storytelling um it was a great great pleasure to talk to him thank him again and i hope you too enjoy our chat with joe lansdale Anyways, this time we get the pleasure of talking to uh, Joe Lansdale here on the show. He has a long career of tingling people's spines with uh, horror work, mystery work, um, stuff that jumps across all the genres, Um, does a beautiful job of talking about um, Texas and uh, chilling our bones. Uh, Joe Lansdale, welcome to Radio Drama Revival. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah, it, it's a huge pleasure because, you know, we've we talked to a lot of producers on the show from an author's perspective, uh, you know, what you think of it, because the stories are what make it so great. And, and especially God of the Razor. We've heard uh, so many people think it's such a wonderful piece uh, and, so, and so chilling. Do you want to tell us a, a little bit? I, I think it was originally from a short story, um, sort of the genesis of God of the Razor.
3: I wrote a novel called The Night Runners that for early on, in the early 80s, had trouble getting published. So I excerpted some things from it. And one of the things that I excerpted was God of the Razor, uh, the character. And I wrote a story based around that character. It sold, and then pieces out of the novel sold, and then finally the novel sold. But it it came from that, and uh, a lot of people just really clicked with that whole idea of God of the Razor. And since then, I've written maybe four or five uh, pieces about
2: him. Yeah, it just seems to definitely have some resonating value here. It is in two thousand eight, um, people loving the audio adaptations, adaptations in other media. Um, and what what are some of the other places that people can experience God of the Razor other than just your own stories?
3: Uh, well, there was also a, there was a comic book version of it that was done called Blood and Shadows from DC Comics. It's no longer in print, but it was like a four issue uh, God of the Razor story. There's a, a story. There's a new book, and it's, I think it may be sold out, called God of the Razor. That's from subterranean press, and uh, it includes not only the novel The Night Runners, it includes the stories that in, that come from that inspiration for God of the Razor. I think there's five of them in the, in the book. And uh, there are also some other things that I'm working on that might, may well contain those characters.
2: Sure. And, and I, um, if I am to believe what I read on the Internet. It also, um, Nightrunner is a pretty influential novel in your career. Uh, do I have that right?
3: Yeah, you do. It, it's also, I've been very pleased that it's been picked by so many different people and groups as one of the, you know, the great horror novels of the 20th century, and I'm very, very pleased with that. It's, uh, it's one of those things that's pretty dark. Uh, it, unfortunately, it's not in print at the moment, but it looks like it may be going back in print shortly.
2: Awesome. Um, so when uh, tying this into the audio drama, at what point um, were you approached or or what sort of sold you on the idea of having this work adapted for audio?
3: He asked me, and that, that really was it. But but the uh, reason that I wanted to do it is that I'm a fan of radio dramas, and I collect all those things. And uh, I used to spend a lot of time listening to them, and my kids actually used to have bedtime stories from Suspense and, awesome. and Escape and some of those things. They'd go, oh, play us, play us one of the stories, Daddy. Play us one of the stories. And, and so I've been a big fan of that a long time. Uh, a friend of mine named Jeff Banks really got me real interested in it but uh when i was growing up in the 50s radio was pretty much past its prime for stories but there were still a few things on and i faintly remembered some of those and then later on i heard you know uh, replays of the old shadow and so on and so on and i became a fan so i was more than eager to help Scott out
2: Sure, and um, you know, compared to having this adapted to another medium, what was a uh, similar or different uh, you know, when it comes to the adaptation to audio?
3: Well, a theater of the mind, they call it. Obviously, that's an old cliche, worn out by now, but it's not untrue. I think it's a it's a wonderful thing because when you watch a, when you watch a movie or you watch a TV show, it's always the character you're looking at, and maybe that character has baggage from a thousand performances. And even if you know somebody's voice, your mind still fills in. What you need to see or want to see, and so there's a great advantage to that. Unlike movies and television, where whoever you see is who you see, in radio, no matter if you recognize the voice, it's somewhat familiar. It you tend to fill in the blanks. You. Visualize the sets, and the, the, and the radio. Another beautiful thing is the ch- sets are cheap, and in everybody's mind, they're different.
2: Yeah, and what I, you know, I think it works really well for God of the Razor in particular. Is you have uh, this story. First off, the God of the Razor himself is kind of this larger than life, you know, um, kind of villain. And um, you know, if you're going to make a movie of it, what would you have? Just like two guys on a staircase for the whole thing. But, but yeah, an audio, right. you know, an audio piece works great. Right.
3: Yeah. And you, and and the thing about it is that when you describe shadows and, and give this mood, you can give a feeling uh, through the radio, through the voice, and the way they, they you know, it's all set up that really in a, like in a uh, a film. Or you you just see what you see. But that's one of the advantages of of radio and short stories and and novels and prose is that you have to create 50 percent of it in a radio. I think you create maybe a little more than that.
2: Yeah, and and, uh, this is another aside on the the thing of adapting. You were just telling me um, you're headed to see a play of yours performed in New York, which I'm sure is a whole new experience altogether
3: it is exciting uh i i wrote the plays a couple of uh, well many years ago actually and they sold they were going to be part of an off-broadway grind guignol thing and it fell through at the end we all i think we all got paid i know i did and but we, we were disappointed it didn't happen and then one of those plays was uh performed in virginia west virginia a couple of years ago and this one's going to be in new york and uh, I'm, I'm fairly excited about it
2: awesome and uh going back to god of the razor um when it came to the audio form um how involved were you actually um in, in in the production process of it
3: well what scott did is he kept me informed every step of the way he was actually marvelous about that and uh you know he asked me for some some guidance and some ideas and uh, there were some that he followed and some that he didn't mm-hmm. and uh but on the whole i was very very pleased with it. i thought it was an exciting piece of work and uh it's good to you know be part of radio and to be part of so many different mediums that i grew up loving
2: Oh and, and is there a particular moment of the play that you just um really sings to you or really you know uh, got you got maybe send a chill up your spine
3: i just I think it's the part well you know I like it all I think the whole mood is set up terrific, but I think when that head is thrown <laughs> oh, you know yeah. that, that's to me the, the that that's a creepy piece
2: yeah let me cut right into that right now i didn't understand about the sacrifices
0: maybe you know about them sacrifices. What do you mean, sacrifice? I've been all over the papers and on the TV. The decapitator, they call him. Oh, God. He's Donnie doing it. And from the way he started acting, talking about the God of the Razor, Jack the Ripper, the, this old house and its angles, I got suspicious. It got so he wouldn't even come around near during a full moon. And when the moon started waning, he's different peaceful. I followed him a few times, didn't have any luck. He drove the safe way, left his car there and walked. He was quick and sneaky as a cat. he lose me right off. But then I got to figuring him talking about this old house and all. And one full moon, I came here and waited for him. And he showed up. Hell,
1: join others. Seven of you now. Donny? Donny?
0: Jackie! What are you doing here? I'm doing a sacrifice. I'm sorry, Donny.
1: No, I'm sorry, Jackie. This is like those South American Indians used to do, tossing
0: bodies and stuff in sacrificial pools. I don't want to, but I'm going to have to cut you. Jeez, Donny, what's the matter? You don't look right. Come on, Donnie! Please stay away! I heard a scream. Maybe it was me, but he didn't cut me again. It was like the rest of them was having a standoff with a razor in his hand. He stood up, walking stiff as one of those wind-up toy soldiers. He went back down the stairs, stood about where you are now, looked up at me, and he drew that razor straight across his throat so
2: hard and deep he damn near cut his head off. Okay, great. And that, that was the piece of the head being thrown in the water. i um, talking to Joe Lansdale. Um, the author of the riddle short story, as well as um, t- at least a dozen novels, I think. Now um, all kinds of different. Uh, 30, four, Thirty. Thirty. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you know. Two hundred short stories. That, that's that's just an amazing body of work, and also in a lot of different genres. And um, if I get yeah. this right, um, comic books, film. Yeah, and and, and of course adaptations and other media. So just you know a wonderful career, um, looking back on it. And your latest is uh, leather maiden
3: leather maiden that's right from Kanoff.
2: yeah and that's uh, you know and i and i have read a couple of your books and it's again this one is a uh, set in texas and it has this you know a a really huge sense of setting you know a moment ago we were talking about in god of the razor there's a a sense of mood and setting and um i i definitely feel setting is is prevalent in your work and and you agree with that
3: Absolutely. I think that's very important. I think that that mood and feel is one of those things that, that lends itself to radio for many of my stories, not necessarily all of them. But I think that uh, uh, radio gave me a lot of those ideas for how to write because I said, you know, I want to try to create those kind of moods that I – am. Um, Felt or imagined from radio, so I tried to actually put that in the prose. So, radio as well as film, and of course, prose for sure have been great influences on my work.
2: Yeah, and um, you know, now you're at the point I imagine where you can have a bit of liberty as to what kind of book you want to approach next or what kind of project you want to take on. Um, what what guides you in making those decisions, or what you know, what still excites you, or what what are the kinds of stories you still love telling?
3: I love telling anything that I write, generally. I, I I try not to do anything I don't want to do. That's probably been pretty much the hallmark of my career, is I've done what I wanted to do. I think I've been very successful at it, thank goodness. But, uh, you know, I probably could have been more financially uh, successful in a bigger way, though I certainly have nothing to complain about. Uh, that if I had chosen to write the same book over and over and over, and i I do have a series that I have the same characters, but I have watched so many different things. My next book's going to be something of a historical. I like to move around.
2: You know, as far as the different genres or the different um, you know kinds of tales, um, you know, what what makes you guys into that decision?
3: You know, it's just instinct. It's just the mood I'm in, and uh, sometimes it, it it has to do with the fact that uh, uh, you know I'll be walking along and I'll see something. I'll say that would make a great crime story, or that would make a great fantasy story, or a great horror story, or a great literary or mainstream story. I actually think literary is just an overall uh, umbrella under which all these things lurk when they're done well. And I, I so to me, it, it, it can just be anything. There's no real guide for it.
2: Awesome. Uh, you know, another thing, uh, I, I'd love to hear just some of the people that really have inspired you. Obviously, you said you liked uh, radio. And what are some other artists who, um, who have been big influence on you over the years? Right, right.
3: Ray Bradbury was a big, big influence. You know, the, the things like Suspense and Escape were big influences for me. Uh, the, those were radio shows. And then there were writers like uh, Flannery O'Connor, who was a big influence, and writers like William Goldman, not Golding, but Goldman, and uh, writers like Robert Bloch, who a lot of his stuff was adapted for radio and for TV. And, of course, he wrote Psycho, which is you know considered one of the great films of all time. Uh, so there are so many writers. Mark Twain. Twain, I loved his sort of down homeness. I could always relate to him. So there are a lot of them. I could go on with this list forever.
2: Sure. And are some of them, say, you know, southern writers?
3: Yes. Well, Mark Twain, Flannery O'Connor. She was a Southern writer. Harper Lee's *To Kill a Mockingbird* is my favorite novel. Um, Flannery O'Connor may, in many ways, be my favorite writer. Ray Bradbury's way up there, and I, as I said, Robert Block. Uh, I like Hemingway, uh, Scott Fitzgerald. There's so many different writers that have influenced me in a particular ways.
2: Um, excellent. Well, uh, Joe, any other um, particular uh, works or interesting things that you're doing that you'd like to uh, tell, uh, get people to hear about?
3: Well, I recently did, uh, and it's coming out collected, Pigeons from Hell, which is an old Robert E. Howard story. And I did it in comic book form for Dark Horse. It was done in four issues, and it's going to come out bound shortly. And so I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. I'm also, uh, it looks like I'm going to be adapting another one of his stories, The Horror from the Mound and uh that those have that feeling not only of great stories but they have that old time radio feel as well it's one of the reasons i really they really appeal to me one of them pigeons from hell was done on that old show thriller and a lot of those original uh tv shows like that had a lot in common with stage plays and radio performances
2: Awesome. And you know and I guess I gotta say one more word. I was just thinking about um leather mating because i just I just finished that. And uh, you know what i what I happen to like about it is that, you know you, you know again, this I guess this also speaks to your um, uh, jumping around genres is that um you don't it doesn't come across you know it's there's there's definitely some very graphic and some really chilling moments, but you don't just, throw us into this bloody gory thing you, you spend a lot of time you know investing us in the character and, and revealing this world and and sort of you know again and then finally when and things do start to go south um i, I feel it has uh oh, so much more of a punch and i think that uh, really speaks to your you know your pace your sense of pace thank you
3: Thank you. Right. I've also noticed that a lot of times people say, oh, that scene was just so bloody. And I said, which one is that? We'll go back and read it. It's not that bloody. And yeah. sometimes, you know, I'm not afraid of being graphic, but they'll go back and what they remember it as being more intense than it was because you go about setting it up in such a way that
2: when it happens, it really has impact. Right. And, you're, and I guess you're playing to the imagination. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, uh, Joe, thanks so much. It's a huge pleasure to have you on today talking about your work. Greatly enjoyed it. And Yeah, and then people can obviously find your books um, all over the place. You also have a great website, JoeR.Landsdale.com. You've got a couple uh, uh, things you can read up there to learn more about you, see um, things you've done in the past. And uh, thanks again so much. Thank you. And that was the horror master, Joe R. Lansdale, accomplished writer. Um, You can learn more about him by picking up one of his 30 books in your local bookstore or on Amazon. Um, You can also learn more about him on his website, JoeRLansdale.com. Got a couple free short stories up there, too. And I've got to say, the irony of all of this is that uh, I'm not actually a huge horror Enthusiast, um, despite the fact that I've played a bunch of it on the show here. Um, but I, I love Joe's novels. Um, and I, I just read his latest, as I said, for this show, um, just to get a sense of what he's been up to. Um, Leather Maiden features a great blend of storytelling, mystery, and pervasive terror. Um, his sense of, you know, his grasp of setting and um, the things that just you know create mood is, is just totally, totally film-like experience. And uh, it makes it such a satisfying um, horror story, even though it's not as graphic in the traditional sense of the word. Um, it treats you that horror is really all in the imagination. Um, so I hope you check it out or one of his other great works, um, Joe R. Lansdale. And of course, if you wanna hear all of God of the Razor, um, we are going to close with a bit of it this afternoon but um, you can check it out on Echo Fiction I'll put a link up on Uh please please support um, Scott's work um, and everybody at the Grist Mill um, you go to Echo Fiction pick it up for three bucks um, you know get it right on your desktop a great way to experience the sound and support the dramatists who brought it to you um, so on the show here um, the Big Bang Now is our Halloween special that's going to be tonight uh, 9 to 11 p.m. WMPG.org you can tune in um, if you miss it, you can pick it up on the podcast. It'll probably be up about midnight or on the very early morning on Day of the Dead, November 1st. Um, you can also may hear some more Gristmill during that, as well as other horror works, including the uh, Final Room Productions, um, Crazy Dog Audio Theater, Cape Cod Radio Mystery Theater, um, and maybe a couple mysteries. Uh, that's going to be a great time. Um, though if you can't wait for more, um, next week uh, we will be having, uh, well, more stories, um, bringing Chatterbox Radio um, Chatterbox Radio Theater to it. Um, in the meantime, check out the blog and podcast, radiodramarevival.com. Of course, you know what you can find there. Reviews, news, articles, discussion, um, review part of the, Malle- the Malleus series by Chris Duker, all kinds of great stuff. And while you're there, I'd encourage you to uh, leave a comment or two, say, uh, join the conversation. Um, you can also find Radio Drama Revival on iTunes. Uh, search for Radio drama revival and that wraps it up for this week until next time keep your mind and your ears open and your imagination ready for some great great horror treats on halloween uh thanks for tuning in and have a great week and I'm i here brought ago. her head
0: back to join the others here catch <coughs> my phone oh god where's the phone you don't need to call nobody got a razor mr ripper Donnie. all of them telling me what i gotta do that's okay you don't need to come up. I'll come down. No, look. Let's go up to the car. We'll drive to where there's an ATM. I know where one is. I've got a lot of money. Five thousand dollars. I'll give it to See, you. See, them rats have taken their head already. They'll put it with the others. I can get more. News guys said there were seven of them before. Well, that's just from Donnie. Could be more. Watch there's it! Lots more. These stairs... Not safe. You said so yourself. Come on. Uh, I've been waiting for that cloud to go by. Here's a full moon again. Nice and bright. Now we can see where the rats have put them heads. Oh God! Stay away. Stay away. For oh God's sake, stay back. Ah!